podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True Green green today so let's say you're into yoga or pilates or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me either way you know being flexible is key to doing what you love that's why smoothie king created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies plus type 2 collagen make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health so try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale order online today for pickup or delivery Smoothie King, rule the day. Good evening, everybody. It is the LFC Day Trippers. Um, you'll notice that Andy is a late sub in for Phil. Um, Blackline Egypt was in on the comments at 9.18 asking if uh, we'll get some Andy sound effects. Well, Slackline, you've, uh, you've had your wish and your dream come true. Um, and there he is straight back in on the comments as well. Fair play for hanging around for the last 40 minutes or so. He's set a very low by an air for his dreams, isn't he? Never wish we feel much, man. It is. Look, it is, you know, it is the days of lockdown, Nilo. So these small things get us through the days, I suppose. So um, tonight we've got... Tonight, yeah, we've got Andy. How are you doing, Andy? Oh, good, Ray. Just uh, come off the bench there, rearing to go. Done, done a few stretches. Uh, yeah. Got got Phil's notes because he's a really good topic uh, that I'm still trying to get my head around, but I'll give it a bash. Yeah, do your best Nat Phillips impression, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Straight <laughs> off, the, off the bench, you know, cold as ice, but you'll be, I'm sure you'll be able to uh, give us a, an able uh, standing performance. Nilo, yeah. we've got Nilo, who um, is kind of almost on his way to being in Technicolor. Yeah, man. Sorry about the lighting. The lighting in my kitchen isn't great, you know what I mean? <laughs> we kind of have a lot of mood lighting here. Yeah, well, and, and yeah, a fabulous chicken. haircut to boot as well. Fair play. Nice one, man. Look at that. Yeah. And uh, we've got Pete over in Barcelona. Good to have you in again, Pete. How are you doing? Cheers, mate. Hello, hello, uh, hello to everybody in the UK and Ireland, except Gary Lineker and Tony Cascarino. You <laughs> two can fuck off. Hello to everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that. Later, that. We'll, yeah, more about that later. So that is going to be... Can't wait to hear about that myself. What the fuck is that? That is going to be our fifth topic, which uh, Ramez Khalil has, uh, has added to the agenda today. So it is around the uh, the Salah slander that's been going on in the media um, since yesterday and really took on a different dimension 
this morning with Tony Cascarino's piece, which we'll get on to. But um, the main topics of com- uh, conversation tonight um, from the lads will be, um, well, first of all, uh, we're going to go over to Pete shortly about Klopp's social media presence. Um, we'll then come on to... Um, We'll come on to Nilo's uh, Adapt and Overcome. Uh, we'll then go on to um, Andy's um, standing for Phil when, uh, <laughs> when when does form become the norm. Um, and then we'll uh, finish off uh, before we get to um, Ramez's topic um, on our side. We'll finish off with with, with a, a bit on the, uh, the latest kind of, uh, I guess, uh, vibe from the club around ticketing and, and when fans are finally allowed into the ground, what we should, how we should expect this to go down. Albeit, I think it'll be uh, next season now before we see uh, people back inside of Anfield, unfortunately. But Pete, we'll come on to you. Klopp's social media presence. Um, you, you put this one forward for us. What's the uh, what, what? What? What was the thought behind that? Well, you know, I think we are. Reliably informed, um, obviously, that he, he is somewhere out there. He is on uh, a couple of the, the more prominent social media, um, like Twitter being the one, Facebook and Inter- Instagram being the others. And I'm just wondering, to be, I wanted to put it out there. We had a chat last week about the team that he thought he would put out. Now, just using this as, as an example, we all threw Jordan Henderson into centre-half. We all, some of us threw Jorginho Ronaldo into centre-half. Some even said he'd stick with the young lad, Williams, at centre-half. But then he goes his other way. And I'm wondering, if he does have a social media presence, is he paying attention to all of us numpties, you know, picking the team, having a good giggle, and then deciding to go with a lad that everybody had cast off, who was just about to be sold um before the, the championship transfer window closed. So I'm wondering if the man does have a social media presence. I know there's a few like Grizz, for example, I know Grizz knows more than, than he he pretends to know. Um I'm wondering who has seen is there any clues out there? And I'm kind of looking to throw this out to some of our viewers and subscribers. Where is he and what what do we think that he's he's paying attention to and what do we think he's getting a giggle out of most? Andy, you're probably in as good a position to answer that as anyone because you spend the most amount of time, I would say, on Twitter uh, than the rest of us combined. What's your view on on whether Klopp takes any notice of what goes on in that madhouse? Yeah, he. I have it on fairly good authorities on Twitter. Um, I haven't a clue what his account is. If if I, if I did, I would follow him. Uh, but he's there is an there is an account out there, isn't there? Yeah, with, but it, with... it's it's tweeted in Jura matches and all, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's his missus. <laughs> yeah, could be. But it's it's funny that 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 particular account holds very Klopp esque views. Well, it did at the start. Um, not some not so sure now, but he's definitely on on uh, social media. I think he's on social media more than he's actually reading the mainstream media. He seems very aware of of the things, the stupid things people are saying. Like you know, he's he's often thrown um, little digs at the kind of stuff that's kind of going on on Twitter. And I mean, if you're not on Twitter, how do you? How else do you know about it? Like the Twitter world is a little bit different to the real world, and I don't think the stuff that we we shy about on Twitter is actually in the normal media. Um, so he's definitely there. He's he's definitely reading all the nonsense uh, because he's had to come out and defend certain players 
um, at certain times you receive an awful lot of hate on on Twitter in particular. Do you think Andy understands the 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 hate for for Hendo and the love for Cater? Do you think he understands those kind of <laughs> dynamics? I think you need to be a seasoned Twitter <laughs> user to, to understand those dynamics. I mean, there's there's one thing about LFC Twitter since I've been on it is um, these sort of agendas that develop um, and every so often the player comes along. Now, off the top of my head, Keita, Emery Chan, Mohamedou Sacco, they seem to divide opinions on Twitter so widely. It's it's a... Uh, it's almost like you're you're seeing them speaking about a player that you're not familiar with that you've never seen play because it doesn't make sense. I mean, it's it's like the Saka of people's dreams or the Emery Chan of people's dreams or the Nabi Keita's people's dreams. I think it's you'd be, you'd be better. Your energy be better served supporting the players that have actually performed and ha- are actually have actually played. You know. 100 odd games for the club. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I would say, I would say it'd be hard for a club to understand that, um, that dynamic because it takes a while. Yeah. So we got some of the comments in here. Someone's convinced that he is, um, on Insta and follows all the players. That's, that's Mojo who's put that in. Um, Come here, he's a narcissist club, isn't he? He loves his, he loves the attention from the media. He kind of feeds off it. So you can be absolutely sure he's on Twitter. The thing about Twitter is you tend to only follow people who reinforce your own idea. You know what I mean? It's like an echo chamber. So, yeah, he's definitely on it. And he's on Instagram. He's only following people that are telling him he's a great fella. Like I do. I don't know about that, Neil. don't know about that. No. I, follow a lot of Man- I follow a lot of Manchester City fans. I follow a lot of Chelsea fans, a lot of Manchester United fans, just to wind them up and just to see them fall apart. I think he strikes me as somebody that is, I wouldn't say it's less narcissistic and more... Um, Philosophical. I think he'd be the the type of lad, in my view, that would be more open to, you know, almost learning. And this is what this is why I wanted to bring this point up. Do you think managers like that would would kind of dip their toe in the water? For example, Carlo Ancelotti is quite open about the fact that he has a Twitter account, and I noticed that after the backlash with Jordan Pickford, well, we all noticed that he decided to drop him. Do you think Neil, for example, that's reactionary? to the amount of stick that he's getting, or do you think that he's used, he, he was looking for an excuse? Come here, I'd like to think that, I'd like to think that Jesus Clapper at least has the strength of attitude that he doesn't listen to fucking wombats on Twitter, you know what I mean? That he, is, he understands, Jesus, mm-hmm. that he can see, I can see how bad the people are, but if, I think the question might be, asking, might be asking me is, do you think, if the question you're asking me is, before he drops somebody, do you think they'll be able to handle the social media reaction? Personally, yeah. I think it's probably a bigger deal because you, maybe when I was it, and now I wasn't on Twitter for a long time. Well, I was, but I'm back on it now. Because <laughs> what's this fella? <laughs> what's this? And uh, Williams, right? And Nico Williams, Nico Williams, the young lad. The yeah. reaction he got for whatever. I can't remember the fuck what the fucking incident was. There was a lot of tits given out about him. Um, it's at that age. Suppose you're very susceptible. To, you can be very susceptible, susceptible to people to you, to people's views. You'd be very impressionable. So maybe he'd be scoping out to see that type of fan reaction because you're not getting that to the to fans that are in the stadium, particularly because they're after paying a few quid and they're caught up in the atmosphere and all that. So it's a little bit different, you know what I mean? But if you're just sitting in your room in your pants, calling somebody a cunt, that's a little bit easier, isn't it? 
There you go. That's fucking shit, man. Fucking hell. But the reality is fucking horrible. The reality of this is that <laughs> Klopp is a, you know, he is a, a modern manager in in many respects, and he, he, you can't imagine. Well, he, he said would just, he is because right, he's operating in the modern times. Yeah, well, you, you can't imagine. Well, well, yeah, I was about. No. You've just stole the name right out of right out of him out there. Um, I can't imagine Roy spends too time uh, too much time. Um, worrying about Twitter, um, but I think Klopp would. Have a consideration, as you've kind of alluded to there, Nilo, around um, players' reactions um, for anything negatively uh, impacting their kind of uh, psyche, I suppose, um, in terms of social media fallout. You'd be a fool not to. Um, I also think, you know, in the early days of Twitter and some of the mistakes and the misguided, um, you know, tweets that went out, I think a lot of... Um, a lot of sense is being talked into players and managers now not to get too caught up, certainly in terms of yeah. uh, interacting or responding. Um, do, you know be, do you know what I think you might find interesting, actually? Um, ex- these so-called ex- people who are perceived as experts, who have loads of followers, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of followers, and all they're doing is sitting in their gaff with some computer software watching the match and analysing it, you know what I mean? And not taking anything in context. And they seem to be some type of aficionados on the way modern football is played. You know the way you can pause, take a picture of the match on Sky Sports and then get a pen and draw a picture around it, a circle around <laughs> it. Oh, look at his movement here. He's looking the wrong way. When that is like literally a millisecond and loads of people are going, yeah, he's a dickhead, isn't he? He's fucking brutal. <laughs> you know, like them people are experts, right? I think, I'd say he has a good giggle at that. Going, Jesus Christ, fucking hell. Look at these tits. Well, Andy, well, Andy, there was a conspiracy theory that Klopp is behind all the nabby love in the in the in the comments. Um, yeah, any look, thoughts on that? I mean, look, we all love nabby. What's not to love? His his personality is great. He looks like the, you know, he looks like the type of fella you want to spend time with around the place and having a laugh. But um, I'm I'm talking about these invented uh, performances, you know. It, I think what what Nabby needs is is uh, less pressure. Uh, unfortunately, I think he might be on his last legs at the club this season, and uh, not because of not because he's a poor player, but just because he can't maintain any sort of fitness, and he hasn't even got a chance of a run of games to to prove whether he's good enough or not. But um, what he needs now is is less pressure and coming in for fifty million, waiting a season, a lot of built up expectations uh, he was thrown straight into the team unlike other players who've, who kind of um, benefited I suppose from a little bit of a integration period like Robertson, Fabino, Ox the fourth season all these players got a little bit of a chance to hang around and watch how things happen um, Naby was thrown straight in and unfortunately it hasn't really worked out for him but we need to just need to just let him perform and not micro-analyze every single movement he has in the pitch because we do it ourselves. Like Anyone who is on a podcast or has a Twitter account, we do it ourselves. But just... I think, uh, I think, I think he, he made it. Sorry? I think at 50 million, he was bought as a starter and you don't need an assimilation time. I mean... No, I mean, you do, you do. I don't know, I don't, in my new, opinion, league, you know, new league, new system... 
totally, totally different ball game to what he was used to. Come here, just say Siemens gave me a job in Germany, right? Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't say to me, no, now listen, we're really busy on a Friday. You stay at home on a Friday. Take the day off. It's too busy in here. I know we probably are <laughs> in a different country, but listen, it's really busy on a Friday. We've loads of shit to do. You don't come in that day, man. It'll be too busy for you. In about six, seven months when you've got used to it, start coming in then. Yeah. That's not really in my opinion. I, I, you know I, know. I mean? Look, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the, uh, <laughs> the comparison there. The analogy. Every, every, every company or organization does have an induction period. Um, but that... <laughs> you have to go to work every day. Yeah, I know you do, but like working at yeah, Siemens, Nabby's uh, work, yeah, but Nabby's, Nabby's working from home, Andy. <laughs> he's working yeah, off from Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> he's taking the government's advice and he's just doing a few keepy ups in his back garden for the Jameer, next look, there's, six um, weeks. There's a comment. There's a comment there. Okay, um, Nabby's the most underwhelming player I've seen. For uh for Klopp at the price and hype. Now you could look down five comments, right, and see <laughs> that Nabby's the most exciting player that he's seen under Klopp, and he's uh the best midfielder we have. That's that's how like divided these opinions are. There's mm. not too many players you would see such divisiveness. It's it's crazy. And um I'm I'm sure that's something that Klopp would get a giggle of. And any player that's kind of has that, with the exception of Henderson, I think uh, the writing is kind of on the wall for them. It normally means they're they're on the exit. Yeah, uh, Nilo, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna move this into your topic. Um, adapt and overcome. You know, at some point there probably will be a time where we call upon Naby Keita for a stretch of four or five games. Hopefully, if he can stay fit, um, and chances are he'll he'll deliver something in those games. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll save us a point or he'll win us three points. Um, we've seen, we've already seen that this season now is like, we're, we're still early stages and we've been hit pretty hard with injuries, but I guess that was always on, on the cards. I, I take it your adapt and overcome is really about depending on the squad as a whole here and trusting in the system that Klopp has, yeah, well, kind of, has instilled. Well, what I said, Ray, was necessity is the mother of all invention, actually, but I don't think Gav could spell that so long. <laughs> Come here. What I was kind of getting at was, right, um, the Van Dyke thing, particularly, uh, when we're saying, when I think when you imagine, oh, we need to get someone in at centre-half, I think the problem is a little bit more deeper rooted than that. It's a bit more deep, deep a bit more deep-seated, in fact. Um, it's not just, and I know it's not just what he brought as a centre half, or just filling in, like it's not just you put X, put a, a, a square peg in a square hole. What he brought is a little bit. He was a leader. He's so so good that everybody looked up to him, and he's he's such a calm. I know if this has been said a million times, he's such a calming influence and everything else that goes with his goal scorer, or whatever the fuck, brilliant brilliant passer. I think how we sometimes. People say, oh, we just need to go and get a centre half. This fella, Kub, 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 is that his name? The chap plays right. That's your whoever the fuck. <laughs> Napoli. <laughs> Napoli, yeah. Go and get him right. He's great. But it's a little bit, we need a little bit more than that. We need everybody to step up, not just on uh, how they play in every game, but need to uh, believe in ourselves a little bit more and kind of not, oh, Jesus, Van Dyke is out. How are we going to do this when we are trying for adversity? Like I said that last week, but do you see the point I'm trying to make? That we, it's not just go and get a centre half. 
things need to change a little bit more. Everybody mm. needs to up their belief in their game, in my opinion. That's kind of what I was getting at. And then you have this young flick that came in at the weekend and done brilliantly. He don't really did do brilliantly, but when you're really up against it, the shit is the shit is hitting the fan. That's too it's too much to expect him to step up to that level again. You know what I mean? Mm. As young players' performances fluctuate. Yeah, I think there was some uh, on on Gav's show on the Fatback Four last night. There was, uh, by the sounds of it, quite a few comments flying in and, and people panicking at the thought of Nat Phillips um, being our centre back um, against Manchester City. But Pete, um, you you kind of you immediately you know this was one of your topics a, a few weeks back after the Van Dyke injury that Klopp would adapt. You know he wouldn't just look to plug in um, a Matip. Or, or a another centre back, he would um, move Fabinho back, or he would look to employ maybe a different formation. Has this kind of already started the, on the way that you expected? Obviously, the the the, the injury to Fabinho was wasn't expected, but but still, it, it's he hasn't he hasn't just looked potentially for one solution here, has he? No, I think Klopp is a very difficult man to predict um, and very difficult mind to read, obviously. I mean, we all had a go at it. Um, the Fabinho team would have been ideal to coast through to the end of the season and even kick on a gear. Um, but I genuinely believe, Andy and I were talking off air before we went on, I genuinely think he takes a tr- the old school route training sessions. I think he looks at people's performance and training and literally slaps them, slots them in. There's always this uh, meltdown five minutes after the team is announced on a Saturday or on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or whatnot, of people saying, what the hell is he doing playing? What the hell is he doing playing? This guy, I think it, this guy, you know, we we can't guess it because we're not at Melwood or we're not at Kirby. We're not watching. We don't know who's on form. And I genuinely think, now, within parameters, I think he has a set 16 in his head where he thinks, okay, I can select from these. But I, I don't think it goes. I, I think it really is as simple as I think he's a bit of a throwback when it comes to that type of form, because for me it's been impossible. I mean, I never would have thought Nat Phillips was going to slot straight in there. I genuinely expected Jordan Henderson to play centre back, um, but no, I, I did say a while back that Fabinho would slot in um, if there was any problems, and I was com- comfortable with that. I think the fella is as good at centre back as he is midfield, and you know we were, we were proving it. Huh? Sorry, yeah, the other kind of the flip side to my point was that sometimes when things like this happen, for example, that we never thought, actually, you never plan for being without Van Dijk for a whole season, right? Sometimes you say, yeah, there's no, there's no plan B there. But sometimes when these things happen, you're forced to find a way around it. And you find the answer because sometimes, sometimes it can be in the obvious place. So come here. Maybe it will turn out that this young lad, now Phillips, is, is going to be the answer long term. And maybe everybody else can help him through it. Like so, well, the the point is, Klopp seems to be very, very capable of finding answers in the fucking weirdest places. You know what I mean when it comes to team selection yeah. and performance. Or the most obvious. I mean, Kevin O'Sullivan, Kevin O'Sullivan makes a good point there. The medical department, like it, we're all complaining about X, but you know, for um, Thiago not being involved, or complaining about different. Sometimes these fellas just aren't right, and I don't think sometimes when the fans aren't communicated with about the extent of people's knocks. I think, for example, Thiago's knock against Everton was worse than we probably thought it was. And a lot of it can be just trying to keep everything calm. That's part of the management as well. Kev makes a good, very good point there. 
Yeah, also Slackline um, back in on the comments saying he actually thinks it's shown why we didn't buy another centre-back when you when you consider Fabinho, Gomez, Matip, Reese Williams, Nat Phillips, and even potentially seeing Billy the Kid at some point this season. Um, I think that's a little bit of a... I think we all would have... We all, especially right now, I think we'd all like to have had the comfort blanket of another kind of proven... Uh, centre back. I mean, Andy. Um, you know, the team selection um, really was a big surprise um, on on Saturday. No one seen it coming, um, and you know, I think we're already seeing why Klopp is an exceptional manager. Do, do, do you see? You know, th- th- we might get an injury crisis in midfield. We might get an injury crisis up front. Do, do you think? Klopp is a man to find these solutions as we go through the through the season. Yeah, he absolutely is. You know, at the beginning of the season, it, the the fear and the doom set in when you see teams like Everton win a couple of games and you see Villa winning a couple of games, and all of a sudden, four, like we're, uh, four yeah, games. And- yeah, we're going to uh, we're going from team to team. And who's the threat? Like, you know. Well, I think we've established that tonight, Andy. It's Leicester City. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be someone else next week. The threat, the threat is Man City. As long as we stay ahead of Man City, we'll win the league. Um, Klopp, he needs to be trusted, all right? I'm fucking yeah. sick of saying it. You know, he. we went into the season with three senior centre-backs, okay, with Fabina, who's well capable of going in and playing there, and I suppose it's going to be, it was just put off till next season till Ginny goes and then a the centre back comes in and Fabina moves back into midfield. That that that, that would seem the simple um, explanation behind that. But there's also a lot of other uh, players that are coming up, like your, like Cerise Williams and like uh, Billy the Kid and like uh, Nat Phillips, who Klopp has every faith in. I didn't expect Phillips to start. I wondered why Phillips never got a chance at Liverpool because he done so well in Germany by all accounts. But Klopp, <laughs> but Klopp, but Klopp, Klopp looked at needs must and he, was there, he told he told that Phillips on Thursday that he was going to be starting, and he told him why he was going to be starting, and gave him enough time to absolutely buzz off the idea and get himself, mm. get himself prepared, but also a little bit of time to relax then as well and, and, and settle into the challenge that was ahead of him. And he took it. And that, and that's what Klopp does beautifully. He, now, he he times everything to perfection. He has all the right words to say. He made Nat Phillips feel like the best centre-back in the world on those couple of days. I'm certain of it. That's what big, That's what top leaders do. And Klopp is able to do that to any kid in that squad. He's able to come up with the right words, come up with the right um, <sighs> strategies to motivate them. And he gave Nathalie the perfect debut. Put him beside a big lad, the aerial threat. Let, let him dominate. And he's and he's finished the match as, as man of the match. But imagine yeah. how, how good he's feeling. We've, we've, we've taken a player that's, like, you know, if you want to rate them like FIFA, who might be a 70, I made him a 90. You know what I mean? Just just for a couple of days, chats, and putting him into the right game at the right time. And now exactly. all of a sudden we have a solution for a couple of months. 
it's the different games, Andy. You, you hit the nail on the head there. The, the last time Matt Phillips went in was against Everton, and Everton yeah. were always going to try to you know mix it up physically with us. Matt Phillips yeah. won't play against Manchester City. Absolutely no. no way. And it's no it's no disrespect to his ability. It's just horses for courses. You know, it's it's going to be about tracking clever movement, especially if Aguero plays. You know, he, he's not going not going to look well. Judging by what he's done in the past, he's not going to look to a Nat Phillips, you know, to be looking at these clever runs kind of inside and, and fellas trying to split it in, you know, and catch it one between three. That's not Nat Phillips' game. But if there's a big, tall centre forward to be marked, Klopp knows that he, he has another fella that he can turn to and say, listen, go to war with him and get somebody on the, you know, on the on the seconds to, to carry the ball away, hopefully in Gomez or or somebody else, whether it be Matip. So for me, it, it's not that he, you won't see Phillips in the situation that we're in. You probably won't see a set uh, centre-back pair. And we're going to keep conceding the odd goal here or there, but I think we'll have, it'll be a bit of a patchwork, you know, but there won't be any yeah. runs for any pairings. Yeah, as David Lennon said there, he's an old-fashioned centre-back and he will have the games that necessitate that. I mean, Van Dyke's out for the season, so you can see Nat Phillips potentially getting four or five games, especially with, you know, the, the other, the likes of Matip, Gomez. They always seem to pick up injuries at some point or another. So um, he's just another another player. And I, I actually thought... You know, Carragher, there was a, you know, again, last night in the in the chat on the Fatback 4, there was a lot of people sl- slating the fact that he got man of the match. I actually think, you know, and we slate Carragher as well for certain things and, and the way he's he's become on Sky. But I thought it was an absolute genius move by Carragher to give him man of the match because it just helps our cause that we've been able to, you know, the narrative that we've been able to, to pluck a uh, centre-back from obscurity, put them into a, a, a fairly high-pressured situation and, and and give them the man of the match and get them out there in front of the cameras at the end with that with that, with that that award was just brilliant. For me, it was just giving us an extra shot in the arm that, 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 we, really, that we really could do with right now with these injuries, um, as opposed to some people who I couldn't understand why you would want to, you know, criticize a lad who'd come in and put in put in a performance ain't no place like a cowboy place ain't no town like a cowboy town ain't no way like the cowboy way have a cowboy kind of day try the new big sky burger at roy rogers it's smithfield pulled pork beer battered onion rings american cheese and spicy barbecue sauce on a kaiser bun have a cowboy kind of day at a And Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Oh, un- unbelievable, <laughs> really. Imagine being that insecure that you have to slag off a fucking kid that's playing for Liverpool. Huh? And you sit there with your big fat belly with fucking, uh, I don't know, a <laughs> written on the back of it. You know what I mean? Like, with a, a rush in a Crown Paint jersey. You know what I mean? Covered in stains. Come here. Do you know what I was thinking today? I was thinking, the closest thing I can think of it to would be when uh, Coutinho left, right? Because Klopp, I, in my humble, in my sorry, in my expert opinion from reading Twitter recently, right? I honestly don't think Klopp was expecting him to leave because he'd done everything to keep him. And I thought, I think I, I expect, I suspect he expected him to stay, right? We did, yeah. and he, we didn't really have much time to find an answer to Coutinho leaving, but 
the team, the way we played changed over the next course of months, weeks, months, really. It, what we, he was really a go-to guy and everything went through Coutinho. And then the, our pattern of play and our style of play came and changed and it was a little bit more nuanced. And I think he's capable and good enough to do it again. So I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm too, not too worried about it, but Jesus, of course, I'm, well, I'm not worried. Worried is a bit of an overstatement. Jesus, what are you me? Dog died that time. Concerned. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not concerned about it. I am, I was concerned about it. You know what I mean? But I, but I'm not too concerned because he's found, he's, he's found a way before with such an integral player. And I think, and I genu- genuinely think he'll do it again. And uh, come here. And last I checked there, we're top of the league, aren't we? We are top of the league. Can you imagine yeah. that? We're all shitting yeah. ourselves. I know. Madness. What are we going to do? I think the other thing as well, where Klopp is adapting, and and it, this crossed my mind, you know, watching that game on Saturday, because it wasn't, you know, at times it wasn't a great watch, particularly in the first half. And I think if the crowd would have been there, I think there would have been a lot of moans and groans coming um, from the usual kind of um, suspects, really. And I think the crowd might have got on the back of a few players. And I think Klopp has probably realised that if do you know what? We don't need to win this league this season with any style points because, you know, we absolutely blitzed that league last season. The fans aren't there. Yeah, the fans are at home and they want to be entertained and all that sort of stuff. But the reality is, you know, let's do, if we need to do this, we need to grind this out, as Gav was saying last night. If we need to do this by, you know, the the, the horrible 2-1 wins and the horrible 1-0 wins, you know, we, let bring it on. Let's do it. Let's, Let's win this second league by ever what you know whatever means is necessary, especially when the, the schedule is as bananas as it is. Um, Look, you know, I mean, ten wins, right? Ten wins from ten wins from fourteen games gone behind. That's I mean, if that doesn't say it all, that says it all. I mean, people people are always going to panic. We all have a moan. We all have a go. But my God, that's some statistic. You look, you look at the Manchester United game yesterday. The minute they went one nil down, you just went, "That's them." It's them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, between them and us is just mm. incredible. You know, one more Andy. Sorry, Andy, you were going to come in with something else. Yeah, there? just just on the point about grinding out games and winning winning um, games ugly and and that people seem to forget that this time last year we were having the exact same arguments, discussions, and points being made on social media. We were winning games by the odd goal. We weren't being convinced, and people were asking, "Where's the exciting heavy metal football? Where is this? Where is that?" What was the most important thing? All in three points, we clocked up. We were without Allison for for that period of time. Mm. And we were navigating our way through some difficult games. And it's the same now. We're, go- we're going to be, you know, without Van Dijk. And we have a really difficult game coming up against City. These are these are the type of games that win titles. And we've navigated ourselves through a, through a reasonably difficult fixture with West Ham. The results they've had. They held City. Um, they, uh, or did they beat City? But they've they've yeah, had some good results, and they and Antonio's become a bit of a bully up there. And now he didn't play, but we were facing we were facing a banana skin, and we've we've managed to do it. And I don't think when you look back in the and there's a fella carving Liverpool onto the trophy, it, it doesn't it doesn't do he doesn't put down performances. He puts down he puts down Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, and you know so, my point of view on it, right? Anyway, we won the league last year, so we don't win it this year. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, 30 years was waiting on it, man. You know what I mean? I can, I can do another 30. Do it. I'm standing on my fucking head. Well, I'd like to take a few while we can, sort of thing, Nilo. Yeah, um, yeah. You're weaker, you're weaker. You're weaker than I am. 
so Andy, you you kind of we've we've already kind of gone into the area that I guess Phil was going to discuss, but you're going to stand in and ably deputise on, um, yeah. and it's around form. When does when does form become the norm? Um, did he give you a brief on it before you come on? Yeah, yeah, I still don't know what he was talking about, but um, <laughs> it's all that chocolate wine, all the chocolate gin. wine. He the was, um, insanity. Yeah, no, you he know, had a heavy weekend. He did. What the fuck? He was out for a call how much he's ranked, like 17 bottles of Peroni and then two bottles of gin. And oh, fuck's sake. That's because he was locked in the bedroom on his own, drinking when all the empties are still in there, pissing <laughs> in a bucket. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think what he was on about was uh, individuals. Um, and I'll give you an example of a player in a minute. You'll probably know who I'm talking about in a minute. But is when, when does form become declined? How long, how long do we say a player is just out of form? before we realised that now actually they were just in decline. They were they were so long out of form that we were never ever gonna see them come back into form again. And Bobby. I think I think yeah. <laughs> so I think why 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 that is important is um when you when you have um a, a team what well, <laughs> someone's uh, a smart cult what do they say? You're going to be slaughtered for it now. The comments, boom, 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 boom. How dare you? <laughs> oh, Nilo's breakfast. That was the one I was laughing at. All right. Now, what? Why is that important to Liverpool? I suppose when when you have it, when you have a transfer strategy that kind of one comes in and one goes out. Um, I know, I know, Klopp is is probably building. Uh, the generation two that's going to see him see him out for the rest of his contract. We will see a different eleven by the time he's, he actually leaves Liverpool. But but when you have that sort of thing where you sort of are selling players to buy players and reinforce the squad, um, you have to sort of sell your players at the right time, and you need to recognise when a player is peaked and when they're on the when they're on with a downward slope. Now. As as I'm sure you've guessed by now, I think that that player is Firmino that people have started to question whether he's just out of form, needs to be dropped, burnt out, or is he or, or is he done and dusted? Um, I know product uh, productive was goals and assists. I think he peaked about two two seasons ago, hmm. and since then he hasn't been as productive. But where he has been as productive is on those key metrics that Klopp looks for in that area of the pitch. You know, and that's the type of things like involvements and build-ups and uh, touches in the middle of the park and and um, and key passes. And those sort of numbers haven't fallen off. And I don't even need to look at passing networks from the stats gurus to know that. The reason I know that is because Klopp hasn't, hasn't bombed them. And Firmino's going to stay in the team as long as he's doing what Klopp requires him to do. Um, so like we've got we've got you out of there who I really, really want to see play because this fella deserves he absolutely deserves to start games because he's come in like like a duck to water. He's come in and he just understands how the team are supposed to play. Like he's he's like he's been around for years and that's that's a that's a sign of a great player. And I, I think when when someone's when someone has that sort of form, they need it needs to be nurtured, and they need you need to act fast. You need to get them into the team, and that's where that's why I think it's important to kind of establish what is going on with Firmino. Is a form or is it decline? 
put another player into the team and figure it out. Is this, so is that, is, does that not prove the point about Keita then? Yeah, well, I mean, you could you, you can have that debate about anyone. I mean, I remember uh, this debate was had about um, Henderson a couple of years ago when those couple of seasons he played a six and, and to the naked eye, you couldn't really see what he was offering to the team. A lot of us, a lot of us still backed him. But if we were being honest, his performances weren't great. They were six and six and a half, sevens out of ten. Now he's having kind of eights and nines. You couldn't really see, but what, what Klopp could see was the player in there doing exactly what he needed to do, following instructions. And clearly Bobby is still doing that. He's not coming out, he's not coming out with the numbers, the goals and assists, but he's still he's still obviously doing what he's what he's supposed to do. If you want to have the, that argument about Keita, sure, we haven't seen enough of Keita to know whether he's performing to those key metrics that's, that Klopp no, demands. The point I was making about Keita was the Jota just came straight in and he's doing the business and sure, why couldn't Keita do that too? Anyway, yeah, I digress. Yeah, that's look, something look, you're great. I, look, I, I think you're honestly, you're great signings, you're great players, you're great young players. As soon as they hit, as soon as they get into the team, they hit the ground running and everybody yeah. just knows. Like, look, Thiago's first one or two games, like, for fuck's sake, look at him. Yeah. Uh, Fabinho, when he eventually did get into the team, you've seen, um, you know, Van Dijk, Salah, Robbo. Uh, these these players, they're class acts. Um, and you don't generally have to wait two or three seasons to see the best of them. You know, you, you generally don't have to wait, you know, have three years of arguments on Twitter before um before you see you see what's great about a player. But look, on the other flip side of the thing, one of his one of Klopp's weaknesses if ever he had any was when he was at Dortmund. He didn't really sell players when they peaked or when they kind of felt when they were on that downward curve. And he, he persisted with players. And that I think that I think was his downfall. I think it's a maybe it's a loyalty thing. Um but yeah, that, I mean I'll open it to you boys. Like what do you think? Do you think Bobby's in decline? Do you think it's a farm thing? Do you think they should be looking to move him on? I think I think some of it comes down to um persevering with Bobby more maybe than someone else um who was having a similar uh dip because he is so integral in, in, in terms of what we do. Now I get the point that Jot has come in and potentially he could come in and do a job and, and, and we could do things slightly differently. And I think that's a great um not only a great option, but it should be it should it should motivate sort of Bobby in, in some respects. Um, or it might just give us the opportunity for him to take, you know, for, for him to take a kind of a, a break for, for, for a few games because plenty of people seem to be uh, calling on that. I mean, there's other things that could be going on. We don't know what's going on in his, you know, something could be going on in his personal life. Um, you know, there were some links, weren't there? There were some links with him, uh, you know, with other clubs. Maybe, maybe he thinks he need. maybe he thinks himself he needs the new challenge. Everyone's, Everyone's different. I mean, it could be any number of things, but right now, for, from my point of view, I think he could do with just maybe a few games out and let's see what the alternative is. Yeah, I, th- I think I think he's exhausted. Um, there's not, I know nobody has had yeah. a pre-season, but, but, but particularly for a player like Bobby Firmino who gets through so much work and does make so, much, so many personal sacrifices physically for the team, you need that break. You need that little bit. 
you know, and I, I don't think he's one of those lads. It's obviously, that sticks his hand up and says, oh, yeah, I want to sit out the next two or three weeks. But I think that's exactly what he needs. Flying off to South America every few weeks with this crazy internet. I mean, considering what's going on in the world doesn't make sense anyway. But, you know, he, he doesn't miss any Brazil trips. I think the fella is just burned out. He needs he, he needs two weeks of watching football, club football, in my opinion. I think, I think, I think, you think know, if you look at it, sorry, Peter. Go ahead. Sorry, Peter. Go ahead. No, not at all, Neil. I'd made I just want to, I think if you look at it in the, glo- from the global sense, right? Like, we won the league there, right? How many games have we into this season? I don't know. Seven, seven, seven yeah, yeah. So that, that, he was a member of that team that fucking blitzed the league last year. We're seven games into this season, and all of a sudden his form has gone, he's in decline. That's such a load of bollocks. Just take uh, him out of the team for a couple of days. If and Listen, come here. You can go back and look at stats and do whatever the fuck you want. He was an integral part of that team that won it last year. He was a part of the front three, the best. Everybody was saying the best front three in the world. Right? Yeah. And now he's having a little bit of a different, part, different form. So so what? And Klopp seems to think he can play. If he, play he can play through it and he'll, he, it'll come back to him. Let him have it. Take him out of the team for a couple of weeks and put Jack in. Then put him back in. For me, I'll be fine. All right? Neil, <laughs> for president. Um, there was another one I want to quickly um, because we're on this kind of subject um, a a name that got thrown into the comments was James Milner how do people feel about James Milner's drop off now I know it's a completely different type of player we're talking about but he does seem to be like it was almost like last season was the last good season he had in him in some respects no, the formation done him. The change of formation, and we we talked about it on the show. Uh, in in that game where he was, was it? I don't know which game it was, but he was caught so many times, two between three, and getting getting broke on. I mean, that's not where he wants to be. Milner, like any human midfield player, needs numbers around him. So, no, I, I'm not buying that from someone like him. I mean, he, he the, the preseason that we did have, he was streets ahead in the bleep test. I don't think there's been a... When you get to a certain age, that's you until you stop. I don't, you don't drop. You get to 22, 23 at that level, and that's you until until you stop. So there's no... I, I'm not buying the drop-off. What I am buying is the change of formation. It's killing him. And he's played a couple of times now when Klopp has changed it, and he's just getting swamped with numbers. For me, it's that simple. Mm. And he's he's even struggling, isn't he, Andy? When we see him sort of deputising the in the left back role now, he used to be able to to do that job pretty well, but now he's just. I know we've got such a such a talented left back, but still, yeah, he just he's so lacking there, isn't he? I think well, I my think next time neighbour's a gay bag. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. The, le- the left back. Apparently, apparently, I'm too fucking loud. Fucking slow. Sorry about that. Maybe it was us. Um, Maybe she's a fan. Oh, it's a she. she's in the comments. Look, Milner's made it quite clear he doesn't like playing left back. If you you play a fella in a position that he just doesn't like playing, he's 34 or something now. Like, he's a pain in his ass playing there. I know we should give it socks um, no matter where he's asked to play. And he will. But he's not. He's not really a left back. But the positions that he's been asked to play in centre um, midfield aren't the areas that he excels in. I think he's a good grafter, but tactically trying to hold the midfield and, and you know, to be that sort of astute player. He's a bit more all action. Fertzi Miller on the ball, getting out wide areas. 
uh, swinging balls in. That's where Milner's really good. And I think with Milner, it's a mixture between form and decline. Clearly, he's declining. I mean, he's he's thirty four, and but but he's always been a bit funny with form because I think it's about three seasons now. People have been doubting Milner, and every season. Like you, you look back and you say, "Fucking hell, he was brilliant," and and it's going to be the exact same this year. Miller, Miller's quality, and he, you know, he brings he brings a lot more than just himself to the team. And um, I think he, I think he, he gets he gets better performances out of players around him. And there's some games you need a James Miller in the side. So it's I don't think it's I think don't think it's over for him just yet. Been a been shorty for myself, yeah. and I'm in my prime. In my prime and improvement in certain areas. <laughs> I can tell you James Miller isn't finished yet. In fact, the best analogy I can give you is, I have a tw- an eight-year-old Toyota Prius there with 300,000 kilometres on it, right? But it's been well looked after and well serviced. She'll do another fucking eight years. Yeah. There mm. you go. Once he's, um, he's um, been, he, no, my point is, he's lived a very clean life, right? Taking all the mess in the side. He's yeah, apparently yeah, the fittest yeah. player at the club. Now, come here. Eventually, your feet are going to stop doing what your head wants, what, what your head wants them to do, right? In my case, that happened a long time ago, but whoever. <laughs> however right he's not in decline yeah wouldn't be too he's he's another couple of seasons in him there and from not being privy to what goes on behind closed doors because i've no idea what's goes on in the training camp or any of that shit but the impression you get is that he's very influential and he's really integral part of the squad and not just a squad as in terms of a squad number but integral part of it as being in the collective sense if you know what i mean yeah, I can't imagine it's any coincidence that we've that he's been around when we've actually made these breakthroughs and won a Champions League and we've won a league title. You know, we brought him in not just for his ability on the pitch, but for the fact that he was a winner and he'd experienced um, like some of these things. Yeah, exactly. You you mm. you know, you bring people, you bring certain people in for more than just a raw football and ability. Um, I mean, look at what Bracky is saying there. He's dead right in them tight games. You know, I remember, I don't know, was it the Champions League game against City? I know it's a couple of seasons now, but he hit one of the City players, a tackle that I'd say the fella is still feeling now to set up Oxalade Chamberlain's goal. I mean, it's things like that that Milner does, you know, you know that we that other players just don't do. I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan. I love fellas like me. Like, oh well, their business don't open our mouths and you know really put an impact on things. The longer he stays, the better. Yeah, Kev O'Sullivan's asking any anyone know exactly what's wrong with Ox at the moment? He's completely fa- fallen off the map, hasn't he? Like, there seems to be. Um, you reach a point where you stop even bothering finding out what's happening. You know, it's it's like Matt. Of, what what is his next injury? What was his last one? It's all just like chewing gum. Like he's running like, out. He's like he's running out muscles now to fucking hurt this day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we had it with Shaq last year. I was wondering what the fuck is going on with yeah, this fella. Yeah. Like, you know, you you stop you stop looking. You just you look at the training pictures on a Friday or a, uh, or a Thursday and say, oh, there he is now. <laughs> That's the main thing is when they're coming back. I don't, I don't know what the fuck. But it looks like Matip has. He, he look. He was. He got off the plane there um, in Italy um, earlier on, so he has. He has at least travelled. Um, you're you saying uh, he was capable of walking down a set of stairs like without injuring himself? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank. You'll have to get yeah. one of them Tara Horde fucking stair climbers. No, sit, <laughs> I mean, personally, you know, come here, I'm when do you like what's when do you give up on players like that? When do you say, listen, enough is enough now? You've been yeah. injured for you've been here for five years and you've been injured for seven of them five. 
I'm not sure. You know I mean? I, I'm not sure I'd be risking him myself with with City coming up because um, chances are he'll go if he plays against Atalanta, he'll go missing for another four weeks. So um, I think we we'll have to choose our games carefully with um, with Matip. Um, we'll 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 come back on to um, on the pitch matters um, um, shortly when we when we close out with the with the viewers um, topic around Salah. Um, and the stick that he's been getting. But I just wanted to quickly touch on, um, I guess that the club now are in a position where they know that um, fans in all likelihood are not going to be inside the stadiums this season. But they have, it hasn't stopped them sending out a communication recently to supporters saying that essentially they are working behind the scenes for the, the moment at which fans are allowed back into the ground. Uh, Nilo's checking his phone furiously. You're not a member, Nilo. Not a season ticket holder. Hold on, hold on a minute. Hold on. I think I have my back here. here, here. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I found a clearing out fucking old wardrobe there, and I found an LFC fan card from when I was a kid. Did you? I remember. I remember a fucking something. It's one of those forty thousand that, that they had to cancel there um, when they did the first clean down. I would imagine. Um, me clean down. <laughs> what are you suggesting? <laughs> now, come here, it's not my name on it, but that's I have a card. There you go. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's where you can park in special places. <laughs> Cheeky bastard. I'm on the Twitter now. You know, I'm on the Twitter now. I'm going to tag a load of people in a fucking tweet later on about what you just said. <laughs> fucking hell, man. It's easy for you to laugh at. I deliver it every day. In fact, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> Another on camera storm up from Neil um, to add to the many. Um, but it looks to me, I, I'm reading between the lines here, and it looks to me like a, a, there's an inevitability about the club bringing in um, some kind of um, maybe some kind of biometrics around uh, which they can use as a kind of excuse for. Um, uh, contact tracing and so on and so forth um, when fans are allowed in the stadium. Um, I mean, Andy, I, I mean, you and I often have discussions around ticketing and, and the accessibility of fans getting into the stadium. Um, accessibility, are you on it again? It's, it, <laughs> you still, are you still fucking at it? <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's, it's obviously going um, to be tough to get tickets back to see Liverpool anytime soon because it's going to yeah. be limited capacity. I mean, what, what, how do you see this thing progressing in the future? Because I, I, I think the club will use this as an opportunity to bring in some of the reforms that they've been looking and hoping to do for many, many years, but have just had one obstacle after another in the way. Yeah, it's, it's been on the cards for years. And I think they did something similar in Fenway years ago where season ticket holders had to be um, license holders and this was to ensure that the the person with the season ticket was the person coming into the ground every week mm. and I, I don't know I don't know what what it's like the demographic in Boston how many people travel uh, a long way or are or, or is the is this is the stadium mainly full of locals I don't know but it's bank it's robbers, a little bit full of bank robbers <laughs> There's more bank robberies little... in Boston than anywhere else in the world back in the, the 10 or 15 years ago. It's true, fact. It's that, it's that bit different in um, in Anfield. You've got a lot of fans every week and there are thousands coming from Ireland um, and there are thousands coming up from London and around the UK and then Scandinavia, China, 
um, all over, all over the globe now. And you can be sure of shit that most of those fans are using a ticket with somebody else's name on it, whether they're fan card holders who who uh, buy up half the season, um, uh, or season ticket holders who who flog their season ticket to a tour operator or something. You know, won't be naming any names or anything. But I've seen, I've seen stacks, I've seen stacks of uh, of fan cards and season tickets in people's hands getting divvied out uh, outside the ground. So the question, uh, the question is, will will it be a good thing or will it be a bad thing? I, I think, I think it, it would be a good thing for the club to have a bit more control over ticketing. Now I could be slaughtered for that if, if I was on Twitter saying that. Now I could be slaughtered because what people think will happen is the club will just sell all the tickets to uh, tour operators, but mm. tickets will become far more accessible. If uh, you take out the touts and those those tour operators, and I, and I'm not talking about the official partners of the club because they're not the problem. It's it's the tour operators that have uh, Jimmy Jones uh, selling his season ticket uh, as part of a package, and these these all these rogue tour operators are are, are touts and worse. <laughs> so if they could develop a system where people were going in. With the with the right name, the right ticket, I think they could make tickets more accessible to supporters, clubs, um, fan card holders, and then and then have your season ticket holders that are living around the city going in and out of games. Do one big sweep of a um, an amnesty where people have had a ticket in their in their family for years and years, and they and they change a name and and continue on from there. The club will eventually because. Liverpool are the, the owners are one of the leaders in trying to um bring in technology, whether it's like, you know, your thumbprint or your retina scanner coming into the ground. And the excuse now to avoid any criticism from the likes of SOS or any other fan groups is uh it's a security issue now. Um it's a health and safety issue now. We need to track and uh, trace all supporters coming in and out of the ground. And that's the future of it. Um so I think we're all going to need to face face up the facts that that's the future now, and and fans need to help and assist the club and support that kind of development in the reform and make sure that no silly business happens. You know, I I don't see the problem with people going into the ground the day, the day of of um of eating meeting lads in the corner uh, for for stacks of season tickets or stacks of fan cards. That should be gone now. That there's absolutely no way that that should be still still a runner these days. Yeah, I you mean, should be getting a ticket to your phone and and paying playing paying the club. Nobody should be paying three hundred quid outside the ground and risking buying a uh, last year's season ticket. And there's there's lots of people who have uh, who fall for that, and they're not even foolish. They're just people who haven't been to the ground. Just desperate, really. I mean, you know, there's some comments in here about how. How how shocking it is to try and get tickets, you know, for 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 Anfields based on people's experiences. And people will, you know, if it's their one trip, you know, I've spoken to plenty of people here in Ireland who've gone over, spent an awful lot of money, and then just haven't, I guess, had the either the money or or the confidence to pull the trigger and and pay silly money. Uh, at, at the risk of not of that not being genuine, but I've still had to forego you know the, the cost of a trip over to 
to, to, to Liverpool. Um, <clears throat> Can I just say, I don't mean to cut across you, Ray, but there, Jason O'Neill, 800 quid off an Irish, <laughs> an Irish tour operator. Uh, Jason, just put up, don't have to name, I don't want you to name the tour operator, but just put up um, whether it was a whether it was a name on the ticket or the name of the tour operator on your ticket. That's what I'd like to see. Because there's tour operators getting all these tickets and they've absolutely no rights to them. Hmm. And yeah. it seems to be allowed. It can be sometimes it's the price of success as well, too, isn't it? I know it's not fair. Jesus, if I ain't gone over, I, we have we'd have to play scandal. Well, if I would want to bring me young lad apart from when I'm meeting Ray before when he's out of his face. I've covered a barbecue sauce. What's wrong with him, Dad? <laughs> but anyway, listen, sometimes it's the price of success, too, unfortunately, isn't it? And it's not fair. And there'll never, ever be enough seats in Anfield for everybody. If it was, if it was 100,000 capacity, it's still not enough seats for everybody. I think it's sometimes it's the price of success. But, Andy, I do, I, I do agree completely with you. There is ways and means of, of, uh, of sorting it out. And it's not fair to penalise this chap and his son forking out all that bread for one match. It's not on. Well, see, there you go. So there, there was, there's, there's a response to both, right? If they, if the net, if you just see random names on your ticket, report the tour operator. If, if it's the name of the company and they're overcharging, fuck, report them as well, because mm. they've absolutely no fucking right to to have those sort of markups, eight hundred quid, bullshit. People just need to stop paying. Here, if it's a company, have they got the right to to charge whatever they want for it? I think they might do. Well, they're they're going to justify their you know their price point and what they have to pay for your yeah, hotel, your exactly, yeah. bus, or, or blah blah blah. But I, but I think calling them out, particularly on social media, you know, <coughs> you would hope that would have some kind of leverage on on mm. stopping people from going back to them and being ripped off again in the future. It's and the danger is regulate, regulate, isn't it? It's very difficult to regulate that industry, especially if people are prepared again to pay. You know, that's all they have to point to. Well, you know, you, you you have the piece of paper, you're prepared to pay. It's terrible. Uh, everybody would have to say no at once. That's the difficult. And, and the tour operators know that, you know. Love your propane grill? Well, life just got a little easier with Propane Taxi. Stop lugging that tank. Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service that's ridiculously easy and convenient. Just go online, choose a delivery date, and Propane Taxi delivers grill tanks straight to your door. You can exchange any brand of tank. And right now, new customers get their first tank exchange for $10 with promo code TANK10. That's $10 for your first tank exchange with promo code TANK10. Visit PropaneTaxi.com. No no contact, no commitment, no problem. But then again, there is there is sometimes there is lads who f- who fund their season ticket by by not going to all the games and and uh, kind of sacrificing some of those games and charging people a little oh, bit more to are. go and see it. I think some, mm. that's how some lads uh, fund their season ticket. And so yeah, I mean it's very very nuanced and uh, like you can't penalise everybody, but there certainly does something does need to be done. There's a lot of lads who who use their season ticket to get to the aways, so they don't go to any of the homes. And they, right. they get and the and getting to go to the away is, is is as much of a kind of a club to try and get into. And somebody mentioned about the ladder there getting to go into games in Anfield. If you're going if you're a regular going to Anfield, like you're in the point zero 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 one percent of fans around the world. If you if you're going to the away is you're in the point zero 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 one percent. Do you know what I mean? It's such uh it's such a difficult club to get into is the aways. So um there's all sorts of little dynamics going on there, uh, how people are accessing games. But one thing's for sure, we have to cut out touting, uh, le- legal touts and the legal touts. I think also, you know, for season ticket holders moving forward, you know, 
some kind of system. I don't know the the club has uh, it uh, has for a while had a kind of a, a, a you know you can sell your ticket back in to the to the pool to be then I guess redistributed out to fans. But if there was some kind of you know ticket exchange proper ticket exchange system where you were allowed to maybe kind of above board exchange uh, games out on your season ticket to another um, supporter. Um, you know, I, I, I like I'm all for as many people po- as possible to experience, you know, Anfield at, at, at a fair price. Mm. And I think as season ticket holders, um, you have to kind of accept that, you know, you are very privileged and, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen when fans do get back into grounds where the season ticket holders will get the same level of privilege. Because if you do just make it, a you know, season ticket holders only, you know, what are the prices going to be like for people who are going to want to come over and, you know, and try and uh, get into those games on the black market? It's going to be, even for the, even for the most ardent uh, fans, um, let's say local fans, it's going to be very tempting to, to start looking to get, you know, four or 500 quid for your ticket, you know, especially if you've lost your job recently or you've had your hours reduced or whatever because of the impact of COVID. So it's going to be, um, it's certainly going to be one to look out for um, when fans start being allowed back in the ground, which way the did club they, are going to go did with they re- have season ticket holders being refunded for the amount of games that haven't happened this year, or did they not have? To, or did they not have to pay? I'm not too sure. I'm only asking. Not, not, not. Because I didn't so, get the email from the club. Yeah, so basically, there was a number of games last season which obviously didn't, did, which went ahead behind closed doors. Off the top, yeah. I think four games. So refunds were given back to to the season ticket holders for those four games. This season, the club, in, in fairness, didn't make anyone pay out anything didn't make anyone you know some clubs have made people kind of pay for the privilege of remaining a season ticket holder even though um even though there's no games no immediate Wait, plans no way, yeah so the likes of arsenal i think arsenal, uh, i knew you were going to say that they're sure you know, they, they, they've 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 you know now it's not a massive payment but it's a couple of hundred quid which you know a couple of hundred quid give us 100 quid there well there's you no know, matches this um you know, 150, nice. 200 quid. Whereas nice. here, here with Liverpool, they've j- just basically said we've suspended um, the season ticket sales. But obviously, when we're in a position to 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 sell tickets, we'll 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 communicate what our approach is going to be. I'd imagine if we did get to a point where we could, where we where we'd be allowed into games at a limited capacity there might be some kind of balloting system between season ticket holders and members yes i'd say the next time season tickets are sold back as as they were before it's it's going to have to be when full capacity is back allowed in football matches and that could be any number of years away so i think as season ticket holders you've just got to be patient be 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 you know grateful for the fact that you are still going to be the ones who are allowed back in the ground when it's at full capacity first and just just accept this is the this is the situation for the time being and then you, you know? had to the clamor there you had the clamor there just before the season started why aren't we signing someone for 100 million we need to sign somebody and then the club literally aren't getting any money in the dark for season ticket holders you know what i mean <laughs> okay, so look fun. we'll move it on one player that we have got and one player that is still um top of the tree for me um mo salah 
Um, Pete, we've we've spoken about Mo Salah in, in all kinds of different ways. We're back now onto a topic um, about him winning penalties. Um, what what what? First of all, what was your thought on the penalty at the weekend? And then Look. what? And then and then the frenzy that seems to have followed that. Salah, Salah gets kicked through the back across his right foot. He goes down. If he doesn't go down, doesn't get the penalty. He does what every player, including the white English players like Harry Kane do, that are perceived as being clever for doing it. It's it's good old-fashioned Britain again and British media being xenophobic. And now they understand that they have, because of the rise of the right lately and because of uh, the reaction to all of the the Black Lives Matter, and they see the power of of right wing uh, right wing reactionary Twitter and social media. You'll see little headlines. You'll see posts from the likes of Gary Lineker, posts from the likes of Tony Cascarino's editor, who I'm Tony Evans told me tonight that it was the, the editor, not um, not Tony Cascarino. You'll see them pandering to right wing people for clicks. It's that simple. So mm. what you're seeing is. And it's quite worrying, to be honest with you, in context. You're seeing on one episode, for example, of Match of the Day, Danny Murphy, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer telling us how clever um, uh, Harry Kane is to use his body in a certain way. And on another episode, less than a couple of weeks later, the same men will tell us how Mo Salah is a cheat and this sort of thing shouldn't be allowed into our country and it's destroying our game. Um, it's borderline xenophobia and it's based steeped deeply in racism. Anybody mm. wants to tell me that I'm wrong, feel free. We can we can pull up miles of YouTube footage and we can back it up. We are seeing Britain at its right wing worst media. Work. It's it's simple. Peter, it's, it's that jingoism that has always been there, isn't it? And now there's and now there's a bit of an audience and there's people that would just, it's okay to, to to for that kind of to rear its ugly head again because there's mm. some because there's an audience there for it. I hear exactly what you're saying. Uh, has it ever really been any different? No, it was. Uh, it's always kind of no. something that's been inherent. I think in in mm. the British game, it's always been there. And it's so, like it's really sad. Like I agree with you, it's terrible sad to see it that it's coming back again. It's going. It's, I would say it's coming back again. It it's never went away. Because, it's, yeah, it exactly. It never went away. It's become yeah. more prevalent John again. So in some, in some, in some it's, it's yeah. become acceptable again, which is fucking great. And yeah. become acceptable again in the mainstream John media. John, exactly. exactly. John Barnes gets hammered every week for making these points. And it's like there's a there's a crazy amount of people out here who just don't want to see it. They don't want to see it. Now, a lot of people think it's a Liverpool versus Tottenham versus... <clears throat> it's not about football clubs. It's not about allegiances. It's about the media's perception of what they deem is... Uh, to be cheating, I for me I don't care. It's not about Liverpool. It's not about Crystal Palace. It's not about. It's about what I want to see is a balanced interpretation of what the media perceives as, uh, perceives as cheating. For example, Harry Kane committed a foul last night. A foul. He could have broken Adam Lallana's neck. <laughs> In another sport, you, you'd be banned for six months for what you did. Nothing said, and and Gary Lineker posted a tweet which he knew what he was doing. He said, and I quote, Harry Kane bought himself, bought himself a penalty. Now, what he what he was doing there after being on a show the night before, hammering Mohamed Salah, he wanted to show everybody that he was commenting on it, but he didn't want to be seen to be castigating Harry Kane. He to use the term bought. 
can be interpreted as positive or negative, can be interpreted as clever or sly. He's been, Gary Lineker is one of the most facetious and sly people in the media. He's no balls and he knows exactly what he's doing. Tony Cascarina, in fairness to him, I'm told reliably by a guy who used to edit him, Tony Evans, that his editor uh, cooked up that headline. So he gets a free pass. But you see what the agenda is, is to throw out that xenophobic fishing hook and get your 15,000 tweets about how the nasty foreign playing our sport. It's an absolute disgrace. But I tell you what, it's pleading work, didn't it? Because my timeline was just full of people condemning that, you know, that headline for, for, for what it really was. Um, I mean, Andy, in terms of just, if you just take it from a pure footballing sense, I mean, in terms of Mo Salah being cute or sly or, or buying penalties or whatever, if you actually just look at it in the cold light of day, Mohamed Salah doesn't get an awful lot of decisions. You know, he, he, he gets kicked out, he gets hacked out, he gets pulled back. You know, there's all manner of things that are going on in terms of um, Mo Salah in, in and around the penalty area. And I think in fairness to him, He's incredibly honest, almost too honest at times. Uh, he's da- he's damned if he does and he's da- uh, damned if he doesn't. Look, the people who pay his wages are Liverpool and Liverpool fans. Uh, he has to make uh, the best decision he can in that situation. If you feel contact, you have to go down. Right, look, hand to me heart, right, take off the red, tint the glasses for a second. He takes a stride before he goes over, right? Um, it's not a natural fall. But he doesn't get a penalty unless he goes over. So he has to go over. So he has to, on on his next opportunity to go over after contact, he has to go over because he's not getting it. It goes back to the problems with refereeing um, in the country. Like, they're just shy. They can't see a foul and and just give a penalty when a player is booted on the back of the ankle. Right? That's a foul. It should be a penalty. Uh, In order for Salah to get a penalty, he has to deal with the media backlash. Which is which isn't right. It's down to inadequate referees, as with nearly everything going on at the moment. Soon as called it right, you don't have to be um uh you know to have played the game for years and years to see from fifty yards that that's an unnatural occurrence. Mm. Players shouldn't need to go over on their second stride after a foul to get a penalty. It should be just given the penalty. Um the likes of Lineker and um and fucking Murphy and the likes of them. Sheets. I don't know what like I don't I I am open to education. I don't fully understand all these concepts of um unconscious uh, racism, but I do follow a lot what Barron says and I'm starting to understand it a lot more. Um these these things are institutionalized, they're it's it's deeply ingrained in culture. This is the British media um who are uh, are paying the, the BBC uh, viewers are, are the British taxpayers paying their TV license and that's the same country who voted to leave Europe, it's the same country who um, who voted in Tory governments so I mean that's 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 their, their that's who's paying for that channel and that's the people that are trying to appease all the time, you probably find most of the people who are taking um, uh, Lineker and Morphe and all those the cleaners and calling them out for what they are are people that have a much uh more global view on things and they yeah. weren't biased and um we, it doesn't it does there's, you don't need to try and prove this any longer the english media have and always have backed their own players um the 
the league has always backed their own players when it comes to things like reviewing um, uh, decisions after games. They always side with the English player. Kane is almost untouchable. The England captain is always untouchable. Um, but it's it's it can get quite disgusting sometimes when the certain things get said about um, Salah because what it does is it gives proper scumbag racists the opportunity to uh, to take Salah to the sword and, and bring bring a horrible horrible uh, types out against them. He's um he's a wonderful player. He's one of the best players that has ever graced the Premier League and uh, an, an unbelievable import and asset to the game and to see him getting treated like that I mean it's not it's not fucking good is it and if they want to continue to bring these great players it's it's going to take more than just the money when they get when they get treated uh, like like scumbags one of the best players to ever play in the league and he has to he's answerable to all this as a uh, as um, Neil pointed out, all these beer staying fat bastards with their fucking name and number on the back of their jersey, like yeah, the you know the clubs who put the town on the fucking subhead, that crew. Yeah, the absolute, the absolute cheek in them. Mo um, Salah's a gent. He's a you know an incredible human being. Um, uh, what he does well for well sent brudge. Yeah, <laughs> an incredible human being. Come here, uh, didn't he I is, just so- see it? I see. I've seen it described um, on Sky and BT Sports as that. Is that although it's not. It's not when it was uh, when well, was it was it when it was a white um, a white English player. It's been described as it's not actually diving. He's letting the referee know that he has been fouled. Like I've seen it described, but that that's what it is. Just letting the referee know. But when Salah does it, it's a dive. And come here, it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. He was fouled. Yeah. Like, what's the fucking yeah. problem? What happened after that is irrelevant. If he had taken his shorts off and took his flute out, it doesn't matter. He was fouled. In real time, it seemed obvious. You know, I've, yeah. started, I've, start, I've started watching the games without the, without the crowd noise the last couple of weeks, you know, and he immediately, you know, let out a, 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 a scream of pain. Like, he got a proper whack. And, he, mm. you know... Um, you know, going down, I think it was just a reaction to to, to that kind of initial jolt of pain sort of thing. As Come here, you would go we down, if you're he's usually else. a good lad. He stands up like he's usually a good lad. He doesn't get out. Have you noticed he's on penos this year? Oh, he is on penos. That's yeah. the different thing, isn't it? You know what I mean? Huh? You go down like a cheap hooker now <laughs> to get that golden boot back. You know, yeah, right. He's dead, right, man. <laughs> Uh, but I suppose it's no coincidence, is it, that Harry Kane is his, um, is his, is is you know his English rival to winning that golden um, boot as well. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. He's a reprehensible um, character. That's all. Isn't he? This is a guy. Um, this is a guy that swore on his own daughter's life that he touched a ball that he never touched yeah. from. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Just like just like his just like his just like his pal in the studio, Alan Shearer, who kicked. I think it was Neil Lennon in the face, you know, 15 or, or 16 years ago. I got a, I got away with it. Listen, let's not kid each other. Let's not kid each mm. other. It's it's their game. And anybody, that, if, if somebody came from France, I'm not even talking about the colour of someone's skin. Someone comes from Italy, someone comes from France and does those things. Oh, that she, they do anything to get a goal. They'd swear on anyone or they kick anybody and get away with it. This is, this is how blatant it actually is. It's not even a debate, that's. These yeah, guys sorry, are exposed. Yeah. They're being exposed. They're being exposed, and yeah. and nobody seems to want it. I don't see any Ofcom re- regulators uh, holding them accountable for the amount of xenophobic 
um, activity that's, that's coming off the back of, of, of these obvious activities. And they're just, what they do is they don't count the, the xenophobia, they just count the clicks. This is what you're, this is what you're dealing with. Like it's, it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Yeah, the, the big consumers of tabloid media are those uh, dumb dumb heads stuck. That's the, head the demographic. That's the demographic that buys mm. them papers on the right, yeah. Yeah. So Peter, you're Hang on, Ryan Giggs was arrested tonight. Arrested. So you're going, yeah. we're gonna finish this show in a few minutes and you're going to go on Twitter and you're gonna see Ryan Giggs arrested for assaulting his girlfriend. Let's see how the media deals with that. Let's mm. see if, for example, if, if, for example, uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum was arrested for the same thing, let's see the difference. Let's see how Roy Giggs, it'll be Manchester United legend. It'll be, it won't be that dirty. It, well, let's, let's see how, how they deal with one of their, their British darlings. Because let's face it, this is a guy that slept with his own brother's wife. <laughs> you know, but he's in it. He's he's been he's been an international manager. Let's call a spade a spade here. Yeah, no, yeah, right. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a, he's he's now he's now he's now an international manager. This Come guy, here, didn't he get sports personality of the year after sleeping with his brother's wife? This is what I'm saying. To I don't you. think it, I don't think it was for that. Neil. If, it, if, it, if it's all right, <laughs> if it's all right, do you know what I mean? Let's be honest. This, imagine, is, this yeah, is the he's... that you're dealing. This, this is what you're dealing with. You know, this is what you're dealing with. So let's see but, how they deal with this. I guarantee you, though, he won't be won't be hung out to dry. That's that's well, that's that's well, for damn sure. Just quickly back on Mo Salah, though. I think you know to Can reiterate I, what you were saying, Andy. You know the one thing you would say about Mo Salah is he doesn't seem to rise to this, does he? He just gets back on the pitch week in week out, and he just performs, doesn't he? Yeah, Jim. The one that the one that springs to mind is when he he dealt with an awful lot of shit from Chelsea fans, racist stuff from Chelsea fans, and uh, that following week he uh, smashed one into the top corner from yeah. from twenty five thirty yards. So yeah, look, that that's that's the response you get from Sal. As I said, he's an incredible human being, and uh, that's what incredible human beings do. They uh, they respond very well to those sort of. To adversity and and you know, I you even know, think he's to... undervalued by Liverpool fans. If I'm honest with you, uh, I think we had that chat. Had we? Oh, come here. Sorry, uh, we, we had that chat, and um, you know, we did it. We did explore the whole unconscious racism thing there, and but you know. My Sorry. thing, my my thing with, with Liverpool fans and and uh, and Salah is, is just he, he can't be frustrating. He can make the wrong decisions a lot of times, but he's got the he's got the ability to just take his next chance. So um, he's on fire at the minute, though, isn't he? If, if, if forgive him. Do, do you know yeah, what he has, Andy? Do you know what he has, though? Do you know what he has that a lot of these guys don't have that criticise him? He's tremendous dignity. I mean, you'll see a lot of you'll see a lot of uh, quotes about Mohamed Salah. But you won't see any quotes from Mohamed Salah. Yeah, he has a great integrity about what he has. Terrible, terrible things I said about that guy. But he never opens his mouth. He has dignity. Mm. Gary Lineker, no dignity. Tony Cascarino, no dignity. Ryan Giggs, no dignity. All these guys are mouths and go off and do horrible things. And then they go into a studio and criticise men like Mohamed Salah. And Mohamed Mm. Salah says nothing and sticks one into the top corner in Chelsea's net. He's dignity and class. Of course, yeah. And I think, you know, he's one of these um, people who clearly doesn't care what other people think. You know, he he obviously is 
more than capable. He's, he's, you know, a character who can rise well above all of that kind of crap that's going on and just, you know, you, you'd fully expect him to, you know, have a world-class he performance. He didn't even call it Ramos after he assaulted him in the, in the Champions League final, treated No, no. Yeah. Exactly. No, no. Just moved on, just got on Dignity. with it, won the Champions League. But I, the just came back the next year and won it. Won it, just scores, won it a penal- scores a penalty in the first minute. So he's some Nick as well, didn't he? Wow. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. He is a perfect role model. And, you know, he's... Yeah, I don't know. How much good things can you say about him? You know? He's so put it this way. He's not going to be lacking for support from Liverpool fans anyway That's over the sure. next sure few weeks. Um, we 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 met, I just briefly mentioned City there before we close this down. Um, I'm going to just take a quick early sort of I guess view of how people are thinking going into that City game. I'm, I'm not going to go into the Champions League uh, stuff. Um, When's Champions League? When are we playing that? We're playing again tomorrow night, I believe. Tomorrow, Nilo. Nice. Yeah, Lovely. yeah, Atalanta. The football men will be watching. Um, you know, a lot of lads, the Shane Davros, the the Garbreens, the Joe Football, Walchers yeah. <laughs> will be loading heavily, um, looking for uh, four digits, potentially five digit wins on Atalanta tomorrow night. Yeah, they'll all be listen, um, in ten years' time they'll all be homeless. Only the bookie <laughs> always wins. <laughs> um so we'll skip past Atalanta and we'll get on to City. Andy, um how are you feeling? You've got history with City. How are you feeling? I've, I've a look of a look I like with a bit of history with, with What's this? What? <laughs> what? What? I don't know what you're talking about. Andy Andy and buses Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, like, excuse me, it wasn't me. Um how am I feeling about it? Uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm worried about it because I think they, they, they can't. They are the team. City are the team that just need that bit of belief or that bit of um, encouragement from beating us. You know, I think if we, if we beat them, you could, re- you know, you could really just fuck them up again for the season. I think they're, they're, um, they're very weak mentally. Um, I think we can. I think we can res- respond to a defeat better. They could def- respond to a defeat, so I don't think it all boils down to this game. But but I certainly think if we can beat them, um, it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really difficult for Pep to get that team back together mentally to challenge for the league. Um, I think it's always going to be the Champions League for him anyway till he leaves City. But um, now I am concerned. It's a different prospect. It's not going to be these air, uh, aerial balls coming in constantly just playing that Phillips to mop up. That's what Klopp kind of identified as as uh, as the t- what teams were doing against Liverpool recently. So we're going to need to be on our game. We're going to need to probably defend a little bit deeper, but also uh, play our own game as well because I think if we play our own game, we can cause an awful lot of trouble for their defence especially the way uh, Mo was playing. And it'd be, it'd be a good game. It'd be a good game for, for Bobby maybe to just prove a few of those errors wrong lately. I think he's probably only a, a goal and a massive game away from, from kicking on. If you if I could offer you a 2-2 draw now, Andy, would you take it? Um, no, I never really take them. I think a couple of seasons ago maybe, but 
I, I firmly believe we're better than City now. I think it's them that should be taking the two two draw, not us. Mm. It's um, and it's look, it's a, it's a it's a way at City, but it's but it's but they're neutral venues now. I think we can go there and and uh, and the football to rise to the top. Uh, you know, I know we got beaten there last year. Uh, uh, well, yeah, just towards the end of last season, but in an empty ground. But yeah, no, uh, um, yeah, yeah. There was there's there's important players missing there that 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 done us that night. So um, no, I don't. I won't take that two two. I seen you nodding, Pete, when I offered the two two. I, you know, I, I say that because of the circumstances mm. and what we've mm. where we the position we put ourselves in. You know, I think potentially a, a draw. At the Etihad and a and a win at Anfield, you know, four points would 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 be, you know, I think sufficient in some ways. If the rest of the season goes to script, um, given the injury setbacks and what we're going to be going there with a fragile centre back partnership, it sounds like you would be willing to take the two two. It's games like this when you miss, you understand how important Virgil Van Dijk is to this team, um, and that can't be underestimated. But um, I think, I hope that um, Thiago is being wrapped up in wool, particularly for this game. Because, yeah, I think Andy's right. We're going to defend very, very deeply. And in order to be successful off that second ball that breaks, you, you know, you need somebody like Thiago in transition to pick the right pass. You know, that maybe the logic is we won't have that many chances, but we're going to have to take them. We're going to have to, if Firmino's not firing on all cylinders and presumably he plays in this game, you know, we're going to have to, it's going to have to be the right ball at the right time. Would I take a draw? I can see a 2-2. I, I would take it just to maintain that gap between us. But, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool are a funny creature. And all my life, and probably Nilo, you know, similar age to me to ourselves. Nilo, you'll agree with me. Liverpool are one of those teams that when you least, when you least expect them, when you least expect them to do the business, <laughs> it's like the night against Barcelona. I always go back to that night, and we were missing three, four key players, and we're you know we're three nil down from from the new camp, and all of a sudden we look like the best team in the world with you know arguably our three best players not there so it's one of those you know when it's a hiding to nothing Liverpool can do the business but I take a drop I will take a drop and Nilo I yeah. mean I don't think I don't and think I'm um, I don't I don't think City have shown uh, you know anywhere near what they what they're capable of this this season so far um, th- I guess the alternative view here is that this is an opportunity whilst they're still not hitting peak form to actually go there and get three points. Um, what's your take on it at the moment? Because, you know, there's comments in here, this City team isn't as good as previous ones. Is there something to be said for that? Yeah, probably. Boy, messing. Come here. Like, I think they are five points behind us already, aren't they? I think if we, if we win... Game in hand. I yeah, think. oh, with a game in hand, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if we win, I think that's them probably done. I think eight points is very hard to catch up. Um, are they the same team as they have been previously? No, they're not. Without company, they're never going to be the same team. They've never, they've never, they haven't successfully replaced him. I mean, he was such a massive part of that team. Um, and I think the Klopp has this hoodoo over Pep, doesn't he? He's the only manager that seems to have it. It's whatever it is. And Pep seems to be completely predisposed. He's preoccupied with Klopp, and I think um, 
And they, they, Jesus, they said, they certainly are going to hit form. They have too many good, they have too many players of exceptional ability to be not, to not hit form. I mean, we can't remember, we can't forget two seasons ago. What did they put 18 wins in a row? I know it's not the same team, but some of the players are there and they're, they're not, they're probably not capable of doing that again, but they're certainly capable of putting a long run together. So hopefully I seem to, I have, I'd be fairly confident that we'll win on Sunday. It's a half hour now. Yeah, it is. Just get the dinner on about three. So yeah, I hope, hopefully we, I, I think we beat them to be honest. I think, but I also think we'll concede. So I, I'm going to do a quick round of score predictions, Andy. Uh, Liverpool seven two. Um, Man City one two. Another two one. Uh, Pete two two with us blowing a lead towards the end. Okay, can see the lace. And Nilo? Uh, yeah, I'd say it could be a high score match just by the way things are going at the minute. So yeah, mm. probably 4-2, something crazy like that. Yeah, no, it's, you're not the only one who's... Uh, that's Dan Jay's just throwing in a 4-2. I think I see another 4-2. Uh, yeah, put your house on it. Mm, high scoring game. Uh, someone also reminded me that Joe, um, Joe Walsh is far too distracted with his... Uh, getting his wheelbarrow ready for the Masters golf tips. They will be <laughs> live. When when are they usually live, Andy? The, is it the night before? <laughs> I think they're day three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just not like the email I send out, lads. <laughs> uh, so I take it the, the Masters is this weekend, is it, Andy? You're one of our golf experts, yeah? Yeah, coming up uh, weekend after. This weekend after this, isn't it? Oh, okay. So he's, he's going to be distracted for a whole two weeks. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we might have some golf tips next week. We we need to get Joe on one of these things. He's not, he's, is, is, is the technology uh, not for him, Andy? Have you had, he's not, very, he's not very photogenic in fairness, right? Is he? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, he won't get the screen big enough for his head. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the technology um, now to come on. I had him. Uh, he, he was giving me a bit of stick on WhatsApp, so I says, "Okay, you're on, you're on uh, Monday night," and then he bottled it. Okay, we'll have to try and get him on next week. We might, we might give him a little golf corner to uh, discuss his upcoming uh, thoughts on on the Masters. Golf so look, we'll, we'll <laughs> so so is so is so are the Dallas Cow Dallas Cowboys, Nilo. Last night, last night, fucking hell. Jesus, stayed up to watch that, did you? Yeah, you know, so I only followed them now because it reminds me of Liverpool have been like, yeah, that's what it is. Twenty years old, just a, a richer version. I stayed up yeah. and watched it, yeah, and then I ended up watching the fight after as well. And I was fucking well, Anyway, just... right. So we'll wrap up. Um, this has been the day trippers. Um, it's been the forum. Um, good discussion again tonight. We'll have four more topics plus a bonus uh, viewer listener. <laughs> Um, topic as well so um, until next week up the reds is it time for a new heating and cooling system turn to the experts at griffith energy services and carrier today and get zero percent financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system get the comfort you deserve from griffith energy services and carrier visit griffithenergyservices.com today for this and other exclusive offers that's griffithenergyservices.com license number mdhvacr01-2278 griffith energy services doggone dependable at Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, 
the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Sports Social Podcast Network.